is What Shall We Do About with Sam Robinson. Yes, hello and welcome to What Shall We Do About, the show that is trying to improve or maybe even solve some of the world's least pressing issues. And today we're talking flying, the glamour of soaring off into the clouds bound for an exotic location, sipping on chilled beverages and comfortably easing into a nice long nap. Well, yeah, for most of us, that's not how it goes, is it? To me, flying is hours spent stuck in a bouncing metal tube breathing in secondhand air. It's gross. So, what shall we do about flying? Lucky for me, I've got a frequent flyer on board to help me work it all out. Ash London. Hello, Ash London. Hello, Sam. Thanks for having me on, mate. Thank you for being our guest as we talk about the topic of flying. There's a reason why I picked you for this. And it's because I've read something about you that I and you both are a bit scared of flying. Oh, yeah. No, not a bit, mate. I am. No, I, you know, I am pretty scared of flying and I do it a lot. Well, that's what I <laughs> wanted to ask you about because I thought you fly for your work. Yes, I do. I did Paris for three days last two weeks ago. So I think I spent more time on a plane than in Paris. But it's just something I have to do. And I spend a lot of brain uh, resource thinking about my next flight. I bet you do. Have you always been scared of flying? Well, I never enjoyed it. So growing up, my f- I never went overseas until I was about 12. We moved to the Philippines when I was 12. So right. my first international flight was pretty much moving overseas. And I never enjoyed it, but I always flew with my mum. And you know, when you're with your mum, you feel safe. Yes. And then I think I properly started having like legitimate anxiety around flying probably in my 20s um and then it turned to like a proper real fear in my 30s right. so i never enjoyed it but it never like it never kind of stopped my life from moving forward um but now it got to like fever pitch i would say 2 years ago when right. i realized like i need to do something about this now and get some help can you identify so I'll explain for me, right? Yeah. I used to be fine flying. Yeah. But then I was uh, flying back and forth to Wagga where yeah. my uh, fiancé at the time was. Yeah. And I had a terrible flight yeah. where we were flying at, a, you know, like 125 kilometre hour headwinds. Yeah. And, you know, Smallish plane. plane. Around, small plane. Yeah. Propeller, propeller plane. Oh, gosh. And for that, that just set me off. So yeah. from that point onwards, I've struggled with it. But I, recently I've had a few overseas flights and it's been okay. Yeah. Was there a moment for you like yeah, that? Yeah, well, I like I said, I never liked it. But then it was about, two, I guess it's two years ago, my now husband and I were going to Italy. Mm. And we were um, in business class, which is, you know, we upgraded with our points. It was very nice. Lovely. And we're sitting in the middle two seats. So it's like one seat, like I think it was a Qantas A380. So it's two seats, two seats, two seats. And we were in the middle too. And I um, usually will have a drink to relax. So I had a drink in the lounge, drink on boarding, and then fell asleep. And I woke up in a dark drink, hardcore turbulence. So I didn't have like the right. ease myself into the turbulence, oh. i.e. the captain saying, turn the seatbelt sign on, it starts a little bit of turbulence and gets big. I woke up in the brunt of it and I had a panic attack. So for me, the anxiety isn't about crashing because I know that we're safe and I have no fear of death. I'm a go meet Jesus. I'm cool. <laughs> but in the moment, it's the, now I have a anxiety about having a panic attack on a plane because right. it was I felt so out of control because right. I couldn't get out of my seat because my seatbelt sign was on. I couldn't yes. look out the window because I wasn't on a window seat, and I just lost it. It's like sweaty palms, 
felt like I was having a heart attack and it took me a good hour to calm down again. And from that moment on, I will not get on a plane unless I'm on a window. And I don't fly at night unless I absolutely have to. So are they your ground rules for yep. flying? So what was it again? You, you have to be fly. on a window. Yep. And I, ha- I can't fly at night unless I absolutely have to, in which case I need to be able to take off in the daytime. Yeah. Or there needs to be some bit of daytime in the flight that I can do a countdown to, if you know what I mean. Really? So if wow. I take off. Which is hard to do when you're covering international waters. Oh, exactly the right. Up. Exactly right. So I'm really good at, like I can now look at, any flight going from anywhere and what know what time it like takes off and in my head work out how long it's going to be daylight, how long it's going to be dark. Like about a year ago we flew to Sri Lanka and I chose to go on Scoot, which is a budget airline because right. it was a daytime flight, stay overnight in Singapore and then get a connecting three-hour flight the next day rather than going Qantas business class on an overnight flight on points. Wow. Because for me I'd rather be – on a window in the daylight looking out and being able to handle it. Yes. Because for me, I will just not enjoy however long it is between booking the flight and getting on the plane mm. is hell for me. Yeah. And generally when I'm on the plane, I'm actually okay because I have all my coping mechanisms. I have Valium if I need to take it. I have everything ready to go, I, you Good. know. Um, it's the anxiety and the lead up. And then once oh. I'm on the plane, I'm generally fine, which is weird. Yeah. And then if I'm not fine then I have to take extreme. Like I don't drink, but I will skull three glasses of wine and pass out. <laughs> right. And once I woke up in LA so hungover from the drinking that I threw up in a pot plant in the hotel. That was bad. So without wanting to sound like a therapy session. Yeah. Oh, I do a lot of therapy sessions. Well, so that's we're cool. good. That's <laughs> yes. great. Do you, Like for me, I before a flight, yeah. I will look at the weather oh, yeah. and obsess oh, yeah. over whether there's going to be a storm yeah. on takeoff, whether it's going to be a windy day. Yeah. And uh, I've had to control that recently because um, I've, uh, in the last year, with work, I've mm. been to Vietnam, I've been yeah. to Nepal yeah, a yeah. few months ago. And we're flying on these, like, honestly, we went to the domestic airport, Kathmandu, right? No, you wouldn't do, you wouldn't get me. There right. are screens with the, with the you know, the, what planes are going, with pigeons roosting on the top. No, 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 no. You're getting on a propeller plane yeah. called Buddha Air. Yeah, no. And you just think, I know there's a lot of plane crashes around here. Oh, yeah. And yet I'm getting on this plane. I don't know how I do it. Yeah. Because you have to. You have to do it. You have to do it, so you have to do it. Exactly do it. Because once it stops you from living your life, then it controls you. And I look at you and I think someone in your profession where you, uh, you know, you travelled to Paris to interview Taylor Swift, three-day round trip, right? You could have done it over the phone. I could have done it and I would have loved to. There was a point beforehand where I thought to myself, I might try and sabotage this. I might try and see if we can just do it over Skype instead. And I'm yeah. talking, I had a business class Emirates round wow. trip fully paid for. Yes. And I thought, I would love to just do it via Skype. Yeah, <laughs> totally. In the news this morning, there was news that Qantas is, is testing today. The 20-hour Sydney to New York. You would have to, I'd have to be catatonic. <laughs> like 20 hours, Sam? No. No, no, sorry, I've interrupted you because I'm so, I'm so like. Well, this is what this is the reaction I was hoping for. It's for not for me. The Dreamliner is a beautiful aircraft, nice, it's spacious, nice, and it's quiet. Yeah. What I loved about this though was that they had they're doing a test flight. They want to launch this in 2022. They're doing a test flight like two years earlier. Yeah. How would you feel being on that plane, thinking this is the longest a plane has ever gone, 20 hours across from New York to Sydney? I would never sign up for that, a test run. To see I'd do the test run 
Because what I if tr- you ran out of petrol? Because you can't. And also, I'd think, all right, well, it's fifteen hours till you're over land, and then the last five hours you're over America, where there's airports everywhere. So emergency landing is very, very possible. I so love the that way wouldn't you worry think. me. Oh yeah, I've got contingency plans. If it was twenty hours over water, you couldn't pay me. You know, yeah. I would really have to be drugged. Yeah. It's always Guam. Yeah, there's always Guam or Hawaii <laughs> or, you know. But, yeah, no, and that, that Perth to London, you also couldn't pay me because that whole thing's in darkness, you know. It is. Yeah, it's all darkness. That's very true. Even if I was in first class, I wouldn't do Do you look it. at the map? Never. Yeah. Uh, I look at it if if I'm going over to LA, I wouldn't because it's all water. Mm. If, like, the I know the different routes. So if it was, like, something, let's say... I was going to Europe via Singapore or Dubai. If I knew in my head that we were near land, I would turn the map on so that I could get excited for being over land again because that's another thing that makes me feel less stressed if we're over land Mm. because I feel like more airports to land at, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, um, my psychologist was telling me um, a lot of people, the fear they have of flying over water isn't – and this is so weird but I researched it and it's true – it's not a water landing, it's getting, getting, getting eaten by a shark. You're like, kidding. Yeah, people are really scared. Like of, anyone's going to survive the crash. Right? People are really scared of being in, an, being in the ocean and, and stranded as opposed to, wow. you know, crashing. So there's lots of different – I couldn't do the 20 hours. That's too long. How would you rather go, pl- uh, plane crash or shark? Plane crash. Yeah. Because I feel like you'd pass out from the altitude. You would. You know, and you don't – but I haven't – like I said, I'm not scared of dying. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Like – Every day is a blessing. Fine. It's, it's us. I'm not, I have no fear of death. I know that you're very safe in an aircraft. It's nothing to do with the safety. It's the lack of control and it's that I don't want to have an anxiety attack. Well, US National Safety Council. Yeah. Statistically speaking, flying on a commercial airliner is the safest form of transport there is. And yet so many people fear it. Absolutely. It's because you're in a metal can. Yeah. You know, a thousand kilometers in the air. Yeah. You have no control. No control. I think that's all it is. There are a couple of things I can tell myself. Like people have told me, like, you know, when you're in a moving car and you put your hand out the window mm. and you, your hand's kind of held up by the air. Yes. That's how the planes stay up. It's that really like, you know, they can't actually fall out of the sky. It's like a cushioning. It's a cushioning. Exactly. Mm. So I can tell myself that. But it, it doesn't feel natural. Like I love train travel, even though it's like, you know, not particularly safe, but I love to be on a train. It's my favourite thing in the world. Do you go on trains often in Sydney? No. No? Not like public transport, <laughs> oh, but I go on right. like train travel. So like we go to Italy in a couple of weeks or in a month and, um, you know, we're doing most of our travel through the train network and for me that's just heaven. Like I'll do 10 hours on a train as opposed to an hour on a plane any day of the week. Yeah, right. Although going under the English Channel when you go from Paris to London, not for me. Have you done that? Yeah. Oh, what's it it? I've never done it. What's it, it sucks. like? It sucks real bad. Because it's a tunnel. It's a literally a tunnel and your ears pop. And are there windows? There are windows, but you can't. it's just black. You're in a black tunnel. So and it takes about like 10, 15 minutes. That would be so claustrophobic. Exactly. I know people do it all the time and it's yeah, the thing you yeah. do. Yeah, but claustrophobia is, yeah, I think part of my, part of my anxiety. Hmm. When it was really bad, I would feel very trapped on a plane. Yeah. But I think I've um, I medicate now, and I've I even saw a um, hypnotherapist to try and f- cure myself of, of my fear of flying. Can we talk about that? Oh yeah, it was awesome. So how many sessions do you have to do? Is it just one? You're supposed or? to do six, and I did three, and it was very expensive. And I was like, this is getting to the point where if I don't see some improvements, my husband's going to be like, you know, two hundred bucks a pop is a bit ridiculous. Sure. It was very interesting, and I'll explain the thinking behind it. 
because I, much like yourself, grew up in a Christian household where a lot of things were very much like, no, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. So hypnoth- hypnotism and hypnotherapy is always kind of a bit on that spectrum for me because some of those hangovers. But, you know, I looked into it. It sounded very scientific. It was more this idea that when we think of something, we approach that thing with our own experiences and it's like a tape we play. Mm. So when I think about flying, the tape that I play is the panic attack I had halfway to Italy in the plane, and that's the tape I play. I don't play the tape of the, let's be honest, thousand other flights I've done successfully. I play that tape. So the idea of hypnotherapy is to create new memories in your mind. It's a new tape to play when you think of that thing. So... You um, it's a medita- form of meditation. So you get yourself really, really relaxed, mm. and then you go on this flight and you play this tape to yourself, and you keep playing it over and over again. And it's bumpy and it's turbulent, but you're laughing about it because you spill your wine. So the association is, oh my gosh, there's turbulence, but <laughs> it's nothing to worry about because the worst thing that can happen is you spill your wine, and isn't that so funny? <laughs> and the hypnotherapist actually go, ha ha ha, and then you find yourself going, ha ha. And it did help yeah, because it meant that when I thought about flying, I didn't have that initial panicky, anxious feeling. Sure. Um, but I think my anxiety is so strong that it would probably take a, lot, a couple of more sessions. Yeah, yeah. But I'm much better now. That's good. Do you find flying with your husband better than without him? I, th- I am less anxious alone mm. because I get into this state of mind where I just have to do it. And also I am very sensitive to Adrian's sensitivities. So he's fine with flying, but because he loves me, he gets anxious on my behalf. So he worries for me. So if turbulence hits, I can automatically feel him very conscious of, is Ash okay? Yeah. You know, and then I feel bad and it makes me feel worse. Okay. If you know what I mean? But when I'm by myself, it's just kind of like, i got to get it done. I've yep. got to just do this. I've got to be a big girl. And I get into this zone where I'm like, you got this, Lando. <laughs> But with him, it's generally like, you know, if I get scared and I'm on my own, I've just got to cop it. But if I get scared and I'm with him, then I can just give him the look and then, you know, we, we deal with it. So weirdly enough, I think I prefer to be by myself. Yeah. Mm. Good. Let's let's spin it more positively, right? Yeah. Um, I want to work out how we're going to improve flying soon. But surely you've had a few... Nice flights. I've only ever been in economy. Oh, okay. I've never stepped beyond the curtain, Ash. Don't ever go beyond the curtain until you can afford to do it every time because you can't go back. You can't go back. And I'm in the place of now work, when work pays for my travel, I, yeah. I'm very lucky I get to go business class, but I'm not dropping 10 grand on flights to Europe per person. So when we pay for ourselves, we go economy. Scoot. Or scoot. <laughs> but the good part is I accumulate lots of points. So I think I'm lucky enough the last eight trips – I've done have been business class because if work's not paying, we upgrade with points and I'm platinum now, which means you get priority. So I would say the best, the bougiest I've done, I recently did. Um, bougie. Bougie. So that's like, you know, like. I haven't I haven't used that terminology. Like bourgeois. Oh, bourgeois. So like, and Sorry. the rappers say bougie. Obviously, that's business class talk because <laughs> I've never been accepted in that area, but um, sure. I did the A380 Emirates business class. Ooh. It was beautiful because there's a bar at the back and a lounge. So anytime you want, you just go and sit down or sit at the bar and they'll serve you food and any drinks you want. And the bathrooms are really nice and you get the flat bed and big what? screen. There are planes with nice bathrooms? Yeah, gorgeous bathrooms. <laughs> Do well, they clean bro- it after every use? Yeah, you better believe it. It's very wow. clean. My brother's actually, he flies more than me. He's done the... Um, 
the residence on Etihad, which is above first class, which is you get like your own bathroom, a living area, and a bedroom with a full bed. You get your own like apartment. It's an apartment pretty much. A Sydney one-bedroom apartment. Yeah, and probably costs the same, you know. <laughs> so I think I mean, he got upgraded, but I think it I think it costs about $20,000 for the I, flight. I believe that. And it's generally for rich Arabs, you know, okay. my, my people, but I'm talking like the, you know, the sheiks and stuff. So that's pretty incredible. But, um, yeah, I've done – Qantas is the, – the new one is nice. The Dreamliner business class is beautiful. And recently I applied for an upgrade. So for people that don't know, you, you book a flexi ferry, you book an economy, and um, with points upgrades, they're never confirmed when you apply. They're okay. confirmed um, within – depending on your status, within three or four days of the flight. So sometimes if it's – you're cutting it fine, you can also apply for a gate upgrade, which means they can't confirm it in advance, but at boarding, if someone hasn't checked in or whatever, when you give them your boarding pass to get on the plane, it will go, ah, and they'll say, oh, you've had a seating change, and they'll hand you a new boarding pass. So I'd recently flying to Indonesia. I'd applied for my business class upgrade. It hadn't come through, and I was like praying for the upgrade <laughs> at the gate, and I gave you my boarding pass, ah, and I put my hands in the air and I was like, come on, mate, give it to me. I made him hug me. He hated me. He was like, please stop being weird. So that was the last minute 1A business class upgrade. And it's oh, beautiful. Wow. You get to just, I mean, you get to sleep. You actually get to sleep. Even you with fear. I'll sleep, yeah. You will sleep. With the aid of Valium, which I take under my doctor's, you know, right. doctor's prescription. Of course. And I know how much I can take. And that's if I need to sleep. Or if I haven't got a window, like recently I was flying back from um, the second leg of my Paris trip and there was they, they couldn't put me in a window and I tried for weeks, no window. On the way over, the guy next to me just swapped and he was a legend. On the way back, no one cared. I was stuck in the middle, no window. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. So I took two Valium, sculled a wine, put the bed down after takeoff and I woke up and then looked at my phone and I'd been asleep for nine hours. And I was like, this can't be right. So I called the flight attendant over and he was like, we thought you were dead. We had to check your breathing. And I was like, when? Is there a doctor on board? Seriously. He's like, I said, when do we land? He's like, in two and a half hours. And I nearly cried of happiness because that's never happened to me before. You'd be so happy. Is I that the best flight you've ever done? The best flight I've ever done for that reason because mm. I was so comfortable. I actually slept. And I'm not talking like that fake plane sleeping you do where you're half asleep, half awake. And then I you was nod like, with the turbulence and whoa. Yeah, exactly. Awake. I was like... <laughs> Fast asleep. I'm so proud of you. I was so proud. <laughs> but then the next flight, it was an economy, you know, eight, and I was like, what is this crap? So if you can't do it forever, just stay in it. You don't want to know what you're missing out on because right. once you have to then go back, it's really hard. I got an A380 uh, back from Singapore last oh, year. QF, were you on Qantas? No, Singapore. Singapore Airlines, beautiful airline. Um, and I love, I mean, I love the economy experience in Singapore, yeah. but just knowing that there's an upper deck oh, and yeah. you just wonder what's going on up yeah. there. And you know, there's like, oh. eight rows of economy up there that you can only book if you're platinum or gold. Uh, really? Yeah. So it's like a really small economy cabin, but it's really lovely. Uh, well, this was paid for by a charity. So I oh, yeah, really, okay. fair call, you know, fair call. Ask for an but the A380 is beautiful. Like, it's my husband's favorite plane. Yes. It's so big. You just Smooth. feel like there's more space. Yes. But they're phasing them out. The Dreamliner's replaced it. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, it took me a couple of years to get on an A380 because I thought they were too big. And once I was coming home from London and my brother had booked the flights for me on points and I was really sad to be leaving London. So I wasn't really paying attention. 
So I get on the plane and I sit down. And this is back before I was like really controlling when it came to flying. I sit in my seat and I look at the window and there is a huge wing. And I could see the turbine things on the wing. And I was like, wait a second, wait a second. I'm on an A380. And I lost my mind (laughs) because I'd avoided them for so many years and I was just stuck on it. But that was Qatar Airways, which is my favorite airline. It is. Number one. They're the best. Best airline in the world. Best business class in the world. Best would, airline in the Middle East. I'd say Singapore. Yeah. But I this haven't is, tried I'm talking, Qatar. I'm talking like Sky. That's the official one. But Singapore is beautiful. Yeah. But you know, Singapore first class, you get a bed and a chair separately. You're kidding. It's like a little suite and you get a oh. swivel chair and then a, a, a bed. That's I'd love to do that. My flight back from Singapore uh, a few months ago, the guy in front of me was basically trying to use his chair like a bed. No. And the people, I was on the aisle seat. Yeah. The people next to me had come back and had pneumonia. So they had masks on. No, 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 no. And no. they, like, it was just, it was just a mess. And I watched all of Chernobyl on the plane. Why would you so do heavy. that, Sam? I don't know. I, just, I, don't I was know, just no. feeling it. I don't watch anything on planes. Never, 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 never. What? I don't even hey, put the whoa, headphones whoa, whoa. on. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. How do we, this is 20 minutes in. Yeah. I never. You never I watch. I don't even take the headphones out of the box. What do you? I just don't sure, do it. You don't find that distracting, helpful? No, no, I find it, it stresses me out because I'm not focusing on flying. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I need to be focused on just being calm. Yeah, so I'll right. listen to music. I have a playlist of about 15 songs that Good. I'll probably just listen to for like 10 hours or a podcast. Does, are they relevant to the no, flying experience? Just things just... I like, Oprah podcasts. Yeah, good. Like things that I like that are calming to me, but I would never watch a movie. Yeah. And often I don't eat either, even in business class, don't eat. Because it stresses me out. I like to just be left alone to just relax. Ash. I know. It's, you must be so hungry. I don't get hungry. Unless it's like a really, if it's a really smooth daytime flight, then I'll be happy to do whatever. You go to town. I go to town. <laughs> but otherwise, like Adrian will just, I'll order the food and I'll be asleep and he'll just eat both of our meals. And I'm sure he's happy about that he too. He loves it. <laughs> he absolutely loves it. Being not a, not a watcher of anything. Okay. This podcast is called What Shall We Do About? Yeah. Right? So the whole point of it is trying to get inside the minds of those who struggle with stuff or mm-hmm. just to make things better. Yep. How, what shall we do about flying? How can we improve flying? Let's uh, start. Can we start like at the airport? Yep. At the airport. Well, <laughs> because I'm because I'm very lucky, generally my airport experience is about 10 minutes between arriving and being in the lounge. Cause what? Because they get first class check-in no. through security very quickly. So, so do if, you have a se- – is there a separate entrance for that? I mean, some airports, yes. So like in in Melbourne, there's a first class entrance from the curb. In Sydney, you go through this marble kind of bit where you don't line up. They just come and take – you walk into a lounge and you sit down and they take your boarding pass and your passport, check you in, and then you get your – Express card through. So Great. I guess if they could make the experience more like that, because mm. lining up for an hour and a half before you get on a plane makes you anxious and annoyed and puts everyone in a bad mood. Because by the time they get on their jet star flight to Bali, you've already been lining up for an hour and a half. So I think the idea of on doing being able to do things online and and most people can check in online, but they don't realize until you get to the airport and there's the short line for people that have checked in online mm. and then the normal line for the suckers. who are, So I I would always check if you can check in online and then just do the quicker, the quicker bit at the airport. The more okay. you can do digital, digitally, the better, I think. Like some airports in the world, it's completely digital. Mm. You won't see someone until security and I'm all about that. Okay. Because if you can do things through a terminal, 
and it means that you're not standing up in a line for an hour and a half getting annoyed. <laughs> Because people are already annoyed when you get on the plane. Yes. And then once people are already annoyed before you get on the plane, people are less patient. Of course. They want, they think, oh, stuff this. I will put my chair back. I am going to, you know, put my elbows out and, you know. Mm. So I understand why, why people are annoyed. Okay. We're on the plane. The one thing that I would change about anything on the plane mm-hmm. is to have at the, oh, I don't know where you'd put it, but like water dispensers. Yes. Behind every seat. Yeah. So if you're thirsty, you don't have to flag the, the yeah. air person. You just use That would tap. be really good. But it would mean that more people would be using the toilets. That's a very good point. But flights are so dehydrating. That's the worst They're, thing about it. It's you you so wake true. up and you're like... You feel gross. I get so pimples gross. every time. Yes. There is something you can take, and I'm going to forget the name of it now. It's from New Zealand. It's called One Above. It's this magical herbal thing at the airport. Yeah. It's a tablet you put in your water and it's like hydrodol that people take before they drink and it's supposed to cure jet lag and it's pretty good. But I generally will have a glass of wine, which ruins it. So, yes, I love the idea of water, just more access to water and Mm. not all the little plastic bottles because they're so wasteful and bad for the environment. I agree. And a lot of planes do have water, water dispensers. People just don't know about them. So if you bring your own bottle, and you can bring a bottle and ask them to fill it up for you also, mm. which they should do. Mm. And any other ideas? For um, I think there needs to be an official like rule around seat putting your seat back if you're in economy. Because mm. I think the fact that the seat can go that far back doesn't mean that you should use it that far back. So I would say give less of a recline a possibility and let it be a free-for-all that you are allowed to just recline as much as you want so yes. that people don't have that all. Because I would never fully recline. I just mm. wouldn't do that. Is Unless that was, out of courtesy out or of is courtesy. it just because you... Yeah, because I'm I'm little, so I'm okay if someone reclines in front of me because my legs are so short, but I'm very aware that other friends of mine who are short or taller, you know, it's not a lot of space at the best of times. And I would even say maybe like charge people an extra two... I, I think most people for a long-haul flight would pay an extra $100 if it meant that they had a bit more space. Mm-hmm. I think so, for a long-haul. I'm not talking six hours to buy. I'm talking 22 hours to, you know. So maybe give the people... And there is things like Economy X or like... But those exit row seats, $140 each leg. That's too much. Way too much, yeah. So maybe adjust the um, seat back so that it doesn't go back as far, but you're allowed to kind of... You know, or maybe ask people before you assign your seat, are you okay with full reclining in front of you? Mm. Uh, do you intend on reclining <laughs> and put people in those areas? So we're just the recliny bunch. <gasps> put and them all we're together. Gonna, we're all going to recline That's together. That's a great idea. But other people who are not a recline, we're all going to sit in another. I'd rather have more space in front of me than have the extended space behind me. I love That's that. That's pretty good. I love that. It's like the quiet zone on some, some airlines mm. where they'll have an area where you pay a bit more but there's no babies and you agree to not make noise and you all agree together. We're the quiet people. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I feel like um, you should know when the food's coming as well. I agree with that. And when they bring out the food, they shouldn't lift the lights up so dramatically yeah, as well. That. Like suddenly Always keep the lights One hour dim. to go, boom, boom, up the lights come. See, in business class, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they do it much more subtly. Yes. You get a long... And most planes now are doing a transition where the lights kind of go a bit of a purple 
and then and then Emirates they have the fake stars on the some place with the stars on the roofs. They do it uh. more subtly, but I agree with you. I hate when all of a sudden it's just like the ugly lights come on and everyone's like, what's going on? There <laughs> should be a better transition. How good are hot towels? Oh, the hot towels are number one. More hot towels. They should have hot towels every hour on the hour as oh, far as I'm concerned. Yes. Because you feel alive again. And, yes. you know, because my you get so dehydrated in your nasal passages, I will always, the first thing I'll do is put the hot towel in my face and breathe <laughs> through it for like two minutes. Oh, really? Yeah, and a lot of artists I speak to, they wear masks the whole time on the plane, yeah. like there's paper masks, and they'll bring like a water spray and they spray it directly onto the mask so that the air they're breathing is moist to protect their vocal cords. Billie Eilish taught me. Someone else taught me that and then I taught it to Billie Eilish. So does she keep it on for the whole flight? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's just – Like a Darth Vader – Yeah, but I respect it. Wet towel. A lot of people do like – um. Face masks as well. I will often use antibacterial on the area because of the germs because I get sick so easily. Yes. So you bring it. I used to be really anal, like with the dead or wipes. Now, less so. Okay. But because you get so sick so easily. So I like, they re- They should, they should, you should, I say in every seat, get an antibacterial wipe and it's up to everyone to just clean their area because you can't expect the cleaners to be doing that. Mm. You should expect them to, but they're not going to. Because the, the germs are pretty rank yeah. and on planes. So I'll always take lots of um, like armor force or like I'll triple it before Good. I get on because it's it's cesspit. And there was a time where I was, just, I was sick for six months because yes. I just couldn't get my immunity back. Yeah. But I saw a naturopath and like I had to take a lot of supplements to keep myself well. Yeah. Because if I've got two days or sometimes one day on the ground and you're sick, it's a waste of, it's a waste of a trip. What I love is that you, I think you've highlighted that when it comes to changing flights, mm. some of it comes down to us yeah, as well as the airlines. Absolutely. I think that's really important. A lot of it's come down to courtesy, yeah, right? courtesy and also there's a lot of information available. Like a lot of people are very passive in their flying. They just think... They don't know that you can assign yourself a better seat. They don't know that you can check in in advance online. They don't know like about um, bringing an empty water container that you can get filled up or, you know, disinfecting your area. There is a lot more. You don't want to be crazy anal like me because that's not fun. Like I'm the bad side of anal um, and I know like the air I know the seating plans of the airlines. Like I know everything and all that information is available at Seat Guru if you wanted to have a look at that before you book your seat. Sure. Um, and then if you call the airline and say you're a nervous flyer, oftentimes they will be a bit more flexible around where they can seat you on the aircraft, you know. And if you tell people when you check in, you know, I'm feeling a little, you know, nervous, I get quite claustrophobic, would it be possible to block out a seat in my row so that, mm. you know, it, if, as long as you're courteous and kind, people will go. They, they will try and help you. Not always. What if you go to the check-in counter mm. and say, I'm very nervous. I need a bed. They'll never do it. <laughs> I, need, I need some really nice food just for comfort. No. Never happening. Never, ever, okay. ever. In the olden days, they would 
upgrade people for no reason, but it, it just doesn't happen anymore. Never. So there's no secret word? No nothing. secret. No way. I've never, in all my years of flying, you know, I did, I think I did 83 flights last year, you know, with one airline. I've never been upgraded for no reason. I've only ever been upgraded when I've used my points to upgrade. Okay. It just, unfortunately, dressing nicely doesn't, it doesn't make a difference. They account for every one of those seats. It's all a money-making business. There is no chance of getting unless they just it's yeah it doesn't happen anymore unfortunately. Ash London, <laughs> I really really appreciate you being so honest about you know what flying is to flying. you, <laughs> but also like I think you're so strong. Thank that you. That you can get on flight after flight. I only Thank have to do you. it like three times a year. You yeah. do it all the time for your job. Thank you. And you know. You can't even tell listening to your interviews that you you, that you. gone it through a that. Lot. So, but you gotta if you want to have a full life, you gotta face your fears, and that's what I have to do. So I can't complain. But thank you for having me, Sam. It was a real pleasure. That's Ash London, who you can find on Twitter and Instagram at Ash underscore London. And you can also hear Ash on Ash London Live weeknights from six thirty across the Hit Network. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It means so much that you did. I would love for you to subscribe and even rate and review the show if you enjoyed it. You can find me on Twitter at Sam Square Eyes and this show is on Instagram at What Shall We Do Pod. What Shall We Do About is hosted and produced by me, Sam Robinson, with production support from Ali Barnes and original theme music by Chad Gardner. I'll see you next week.